Most of the West right now is focused on what gift is under the tree. I want to show you today that we should be paying attention to the gift that was hung on the tree. Let's get after it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, guys? It is Christmas Eve. It is Sunday, December 24th. Um, Don't look at your calendar. I know we typically don't come on here on the weekends, uh, but it is Christmas Eve, and we wanted to come to you tonight and do just a special broadcast. Uh, First of all, we want to welcome everybody to the broadcast. If you're new to the program, let us know in the comment section below that you are new and where you guys are joining us from. Again, I am Ricky Scaparo, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. We want to welcome to the program, and I do want to wish uh, for you guys who do celebrate Christmas of any form or facet, we want to welcome, uh, we want to wish, excuse me, we want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. And again, if you don't celebrate Christmas whatsoever, then okay, so be it. You know, we respect that. So anyway, we just wanted to do that. So tonight, I want to talk about, as we gave you the little introduction, most of the Western society is has commercialized Christmas. That's what it's about. Materialism, gifts, the hustle, the bustle, the shopping. They're focused on, while everyone is focused on the gift under the tree, today I want to show you that God gave us the gift on the tree over 2,000 years ago, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. What in the world are you talking about, Brother Ricky? Let's show you some scripture. All right, before we get started, guys, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, get you a Bible. If you're listening by uh, app or by Spotify, you're going to need your Bible because we're going to go through a lot of scripture tonight in this this little segment. Number two, as you can see right here, uh, you guys that are watching the visual of this, I have some elements here for communion. At the end of this program, I want to do communion with you guys who are willing and who would like to join us in corporate communion to commemorate the Lord's body that was broken and, and his blood that was shed. We're going to do that. Um, so I'm going to give you just a minute. If, you, if you'd like to go get your, uh, your, your elements, uh, we want to let you go ahead and do that because we're going to uh, go to the Bible in just a minute and turn to a verse. So you've got plenty of time. We're not rushing anybody here today. So again, we're going to do at the end of this segment, we're going to enter into some prayer and we're going to do some corporate communion. All right, so while you guys are going to get your elements, and if you have them already, whatever the case may be, we're going to go to the book of Galatians. This is going to kind of be our foundational scripture for where we're heading tonight. This is Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read from the New King James, Galatians chapter 3. Listen what the Apostle Paul here wrote. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Let me say that again. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Now he quotes here. I'm going to show you. He quotes a passage out of the book of Deuteronomy. Let me read this quote for it is written. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Someone say hangs on a tree. Notice that Paul didn't say what hangs on a tree. 
In case you didn't catch it tonight, we're not talking about an ornament. We're not talking about a gift. We're not talking about a, a box or, or some kind of an ornament of any sort. We're talking about who hung on the tree and not what hung on the tree. He says here, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Somebody say, receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Now, again, the apostle Paul was referencing Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 through 23, when he made that reference. And let me read this to you. This is again, this was under the law of Moses. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death and he has put it and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance for he who is hanged is accursed of God. So again, this is what Paul was referencing here. So Paul is emphasizing here that the Lord Jesus Christ, when we think about he went to the cross and he did all this, we truly don't grasp the full comprehension of why he did what he did, what he endured, and what the purpose of that was. And we're going to bring all that out today. This is why I said that Christ is the gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that was not that is not under the tree, but he's the gift that was placed on the tree, and he's the gift that keeps on giving. All right, now let's go to Acts chapter 10, that we're in Acts 10, 38 through 39. The apostle Peter is expounding on Jesus Christ. And look what he says here in Acts 10, 38 through 39, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Verse 9 and we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they by hanging on a tree. Notice they say here that, again, they tell you in, in, uh, by which uh, they took the Lord Jesus Christ and he was by hanging him on a tree. So it's all here. Again, this is all referenced Deuteronomy and then Peter talks about this as well. And he talks about that Christ himself became a curse for us. But guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that it goes much deeper than this. I'm going to show you some stuff that I believe is going to be a great blessing to you. If you're, if you're willing to receive this tonight, I want you, we're going to go back into the old Testament. Now I'm going to go to a very familiar passage. If you guys know your word, you know this. Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah Chapter 53. Here we go. Isaiah 53. Look what it says. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is the prophet Isaiah describing Jesus Christ whom would eventually fulfill Isaiah's prophecy of the Messiah, who it would be to come, who would eventually be crucified. Verse three, he is despised and rejected by men. And he still is today. Come on, somebody, a man of sorrows 
and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4 of Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Look, something I need to tell you today. When the Hebrew scholars translated this passage of Isaiah chapter 53, there's words here that is used. Griefs, sorrows, bore, carried, You've got to understand the Hebrew understanding of these words. These words in their original Hebrew language always referred to physical disease and pain, and it was not spiritual. Now, again, the reason why I emphasize that is you've got people today that want to spiritualize everything because they're trying to take away some of the work that Christ did on the cross at Calvary and through the atonement, what he purchased for us. And I'm going to show you what that is in just a minute. They will try to spiritualize that and try to undermine that. But again, in the original Hebrew of the King James translation, let me read this again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed okay so we have that but i'm going to read verse four again because everybody's acquainted with verse five but number four surely he was born or surely he has borne our griefs Again, in the Hebrew, it is that is sickness. The word griefs there is sicknesses. So surely he has borne our sicknesses, our infirmities. I'm going to prove that to you in the New Testament in just a minute. And he carried our sorrows. In Hebrew, that's pain, anguish. He carried our pain. He bore our sicknesses and he carried our pain. And then when it says bore, he bore our griefs. It means here, it literally means he uh, he became the substitute of it. He stood in the gap. He took our place. Come on, somebody. This is so powerful. It says that he carried our sorrows. He carried them. Uh, this is in Hebrew, it's sibal, and it means to carry away to a distance. Uh, he carried away or he removed it. Come on. Are you, some of y'all is getting where I'm going with this. Some of y'all may not yet, but something happened at the cross of Calvary. Yes, Jesus Christ was crucified for the remission of our sins. We're going to show you that in just a second, but it's more than just becoming the substitute for our sin. It's more than just atoning with his own blood for our sin. It's more than becoming the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world to take away the sins of the world. It's more than just that. There was also the purchase of our pain, our anguish, our, uh, come on somebody, and uh, our infirmities, our sicknesses, and our diseases. Now let's go to the New Testament. Watch this. I'm going to show you that the apostle Peter 
This was long after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. After this is after he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. This was this was way after Isaiah the prophet foretold of that event that was fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Okay, now we come in the New Testament. When the New Testament was being written, the Apostle Peter writes something here in 1 Peter 2, 23 through 24 that's absolutely astonishing. Ready? Who, when he was reviled, talking about Jesus, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Why? Because he was a lamb that was led to slaughter, right? And remember the uh, the prophet Isaiah said that he did not cry out. He was a lamb that was led to the slaughter, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Your Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. Now look at verse 24. 1 Peter 2.24. Who, again, who is he talking about? Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. What did he do, church? He bore our sins in his body on the tree. Where? On the tree. That, watch this, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. Now, he could have stopped right there, but he didn't. By whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. Now, that's not a play on words, friend. There's a reason why Peter uses the word were and not are. Isaiah said in his day when he wrote that about Jesus Christ becoming the Messiah, becoming the lamb that was slain, going to the cross and and taking the stripes at Calvary. Isaiah said, by whose stripes you are present tense speaking as if it already is happening and then you go all the way over here to first peter 2 24 after the death burial resurrection and after the enduring the cross peter references isaiah but he says by whose stripes you were healed oh listen to me church at translation christ has already taken the stripes for you and I because he purchased our healing, come on, our deliverance, our breakthrough, our miracle. He purchased it at Calvary over 2,000 plus years ago at Golgotha on the cross. And that's why Peter said, by whose stripes you were healed, because he was pointing all the way back to the cross and he references Isaiah. Now, let me show you something else here. Now, let's go to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. This is chapter eight. We're going to go to verse 16. Look what it says here. Matthew eight, sixteen and 17. When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word. Look what it says here. And healed all who were sick. That's what it says in your Bible. Look what it says here. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. So again, so the gospel writer of Matthew gives you an eyewitness account, writes it down that there was demons being cast out of people, people being delivered. And all that were brought to him were healed of their sicknesses 
And Matthew understood that this was what he was witnessing was the fulfillment of what Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah 53. And look how he referenced it here. Let me read it again, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself, look at this, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Come on, hallelujah. This is exciting here, especially when we get into prayer in just a minute. Because listen, I don't know about you, but I'm believing God for a healing in my body. I'm believing, come on, how many needs a miracle in their body? They need a physical healing tonight. If that's you today, come on, we're going to pray for this tonight. We're going to believe for this. If any two shall touch and agree on any one thing on earth, it shall be done by the Father which is in heaven. But we got to get your faith built up. We want to build your faith up to begin to believe for the promises of God that are in him, yes, and in him, amen. Let me expand a little bit more on by his stripes we were healed. What does that even mean? This is referencing the the Roman scourging. Also, it was called a flagrum or a flagellum. Uh, in other words, it was a it, this was a whip made of three or more leather straps connected to a handle. From this word, this word right here, flagrum or flag flagellum, this is uh, where we get the English word fillet. It's, it references a strip of boneless flesh of a slice of meat, which absolutely is an accurate description of what this weapon would do to the human body when it was used on it. If you've never seen The Passion of the Christ uh, directed by Mel Gibson, that was a perfect description of that. It was a perfect depiction of what this Roman scourging looked like. The leather straps were knotted with a weight at the end and embedded with metal, nails, and shards of bone. Sharp fragments from the knuckle bone of a sheep were often used. This flagrum would sometimes contain a hook at the end and was given the terrifying name of scorpion. Scourging would quickly remove flesh, leaving skin hanging like ribbons and would even expose uh, muscle and bone. Sometimes, sometimes it would even expose the internal organs after the use of this. This was a powerful weapon of torture and a brutal punishment carried out by professional trained soldiers in the, during the Roman Empire, uh, where in which the victims would be stripped and tied or shackled to a sturdy column or between two columns, two soldiers, one standing on each side would alternate strikes, the victim continuously. According to Jewish law, you could not someone more than 40 times. Are you listening? So the Jews always stopped at 39, lest they miscount and accidentally sin against God. Let me say that again. According to the law, the Jewish law, they could not be beaten more than 40 times. So this is why they stopped at 39. If you read the account of the apostle Paul, he said he was, he was, uh, he was beaten with rods 39 times minus one. You ever read that in the apostle Paul's account? This is what he's referencing here. But here's, what's very interesting. The point we're making here is that all those lashes that Christ took to his body, those lashes took to his body by his stripes, the, by these stripes, come on, he purchased our healing. 
Now let's jump over here to the book of Psalms, chapter 103, 2 through 4. We're almost done, guys. I told you we wouldn't keep you long tonight. We're almost done with this message. Again, we're just doing a, a Christmas Eve special program. We want to really focus on uh, taking communion together tonight and believing God. Come on, for to see some folks get saved and people get healed and delivered in Jesus' name. Psalms 103, verses 2 and 4. Look at this. Look what the psalmist said here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. All of his benefits. Let's not forget all of his benefits. What are they, David? They are, listen what it says. He forgives us of all of our iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. This, this is tremendous, guys. It doesn't matter what disease you have. God is not intimidated by your prognosis because by his stripes, you were healed. And the psalmist says he not only forgives us of our iniquities, but he heals us of all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Again, all these are part of his benefits, or what I like to say is what he purchased at the atonement when he endured the cross. All right, now I want you to hop over to Romans 10. I'm going to give you this one last passage right here. Because some of y'all still don't believe me because you've been taught from some pulpit or some preacher or some seminary that God doesn't heal anymore. And that, that none of this is true. So we're, we're just proving the point here that, again, all of this was purchased at Calvary. Look at this. What, what, this is Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Did you know that's in your Bible? Verse 9, look at this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved somebody say saved okay for with the heart one believes in the righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so this is telling you how to get saved but again the reason why i brought out saved is for a reason now i'm using this is a very this is a tool that i use many times this is the blue letter bible where you can go to the strong's concordance and you can look up the original greek or the original hebrew depending on if it's a new testament or the old testament here it is I'm in, when you look up this word over here, saved, Romans 8, verse 9, saved in the Greek, in the Greek language, it's the word sozo, S-O-Z-O. Look, it's right here on the screen if you're watching here. Somebody say sozo. Now, when you say sozo, people automatically want to reference you to Beth or all this. We're not talking about all that stuff. I don't know. Somebody one time tagged me in that because we mentioned this one time in another program. And they thought that I was uh, they thought I was uh, referencing uh, Bethel or I was promoting Bethel or some of their practices or whatever. No, this has nothing to do with Bethel or denomination or an organization or any of that. We're talking about the Greek word for saved in Romans 10 is sozo. And again, when you scroll down here, what it means, it means to save, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger, destruction, to save, to save a suffering one, to preserve one in danger of destruction, also to deliver from penalties. All this stuff comes out to basically when you break it down, the word sozo is not when we when we think of Romans 10, believe in a heart, 
and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again, that we shall be saved. We equate it to salvation, and that's where we stop. But we don't understand the full understanding of this word saved. It literally means, guys, to save, heal, make whole, and deliver. Let me say that one more time. When you, come on, when you got born again and got saved, come on, you became a recipient of all, the psalmist said, the benefits of God that came through the atonement at the cross that Peter pointed all the way back and said, by whose stripes you were healed, you became, not only did you receive salvation, hallelujah, but you became a recipient of being healed, made whole, and delivered. Oh, come on, that may not do nothing for you, but that is some exciting stuff if if you're willing to believe that today. Listen, all the promises of God are by faith. We have to believe what Christ did for us to receive these things. All right, now we're gonna wrap this thing up, right? Right here. I want you to go with me. Let's go over here to the book of Corinthians. We're going to go to, let's see, we're in 1 Corinthians 11. The Apostle Paul has given us instructions on the Lord's communion. 1 Corinthians, again, chapter 11. For I received from the Lord, this is why I told you to get your elements. You still have time. Go get them if you don't have them because we're getting ready to do this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Come on. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. Look what he says here. This is, uh, this is very important that y'all see this. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, how was his body broken for us? By his stripes. Come on. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Again, watch this. This is one of the greatest revelations that I have ever seen in the word of God that I want to share with you tonight. The bread represents the body of our Lord that was broken for our healing but the, come on, the, the juice or the wine, listen, I'm not going to sit here and d- debate whether it's you use wine or juice. I use juice because I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink alcohol. I don't touch alcohol. But listen, we're not here to, to split hairs over this stuff. Whatever you're using here to represent the blood of Jesus, listen, is, don't miss this. The bread represents the body that was broken by his stripes. We were healed. But the, come on, this element, what which which we drink representing the blood of Jesus that was, watch this, shed for the remission of our sins. Now, I'm going to jump over to Hebrews because we've talked about the, the body a lot on this program. But let's talk about the blood real quick, and then we're going to go back to the communion. Plus, we're giving you time to get your elements, okay? So don't get mad at Brother Ricky. Not everybody might be ready. And I'm going to show you that Paul said, wait for one another. There's a reason for that. Look what, it, look what I believe the Apostle Paul, there's a debate on who wrote Hebrews. I believe it was Paul. Listen to what he says here in Hebrews, okay? This is in Hebrews chapter nine, Hebrews chapter nine, for where there is a testament, there must also be a necessity to uh, be death of the testor for a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the tester lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Now he's referencing all the way back the law of Moses. 
For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled both the book itself and all the people. He would take this with the blood, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then, likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Why was blood shed for the remission of sin? All the way in the Old Testament, again, it was done through the blood of calves, goats, uh, uh, lambs that was that was spotless and then we go to the new testament now watch this verse 23 therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these verse 24 for christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true but into heaven itself, we've, we've taught on this. When Christ was crucified, the Bible says he, when he first, before he ascended, he first descended and he went into the lower parts of the earth. Your Bible says that he preached to the spirits of the dead, led captivity captive. And as he was coming up, Mary, who saw him at the tomb, raised from the dead, tried to touch him. But he said he permitted her not to touch him. He said, touch me not, for I have, yet, I have not yet ascended to my father. Father, the reason why Christ made that statement is because under the law of Moses, a high priest who was making atonement for the sins of the people was not permitted to touch anyone lest he be defiled. Jesus was telling Mary, don't touch me yet because I have to go to come on. I have to go to heaven itself. Take the blood, my own blood, the blood without spot nor wrinkle nor blemish, the spotless Lamb of God. I have to take my own blood that was shed, and I have to do everything that was a shadow of things in the Old Testament through the high priest, through the law of Moses, through all the article furnitures and the rituals. I myself am going to heaven. This is Christ taking his own blood and preparing. Remember that in the book of John, he says, behold, I go and prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you that where I am there, you may be also. How was he preparing this? He was preparing the place in heaven through his own blood that he was sprinkled upon the articles of the furniture. And in heaven, he purified, sanctified, and made that place available so that now you and I can be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. Let me go back to Hebrews. Verse 24, for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but in heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest, because the high priest would go once a year. That's, this is what Paul's talking about. The high priest would enter the most holy place every year with the blood of another. Verse 26, he then would have, have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. In other words, he'd have to keep going to the cross. But now once, somebody say once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Come on, somebody should get excited right there. 
And it is appointed for men to die once. But after this, the judgment. Verse 28, so Christ was offered one time, once, to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. What am I talking about? Again, the body, the, 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 the bread. Paul said this represents the body that was broken for our healing. But the, come on, but the juice, the wine, the, 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 the blood, this represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of our sins. Now let's jump back over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look what he says in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now let's go down to verse 27 and we're going to get some serious stuff here. Therefore, who eat, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks of this right here, what we're doing in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many are dead. There's a, this is a, there's a word here is sleep. It's an idiom used for death. Weak, sick, and dead. The reason why many in the body of Christ are weak, sick, and dead is because they're partaking of the communion in an unworthy manner. For if, look at verse 31. Now you may say, stop, let's hear stop for a second. You say, well, Brother Ricky, what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Verse 31, he explains it. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Translation, let me give you the translation for you. This is what he's talking about here. If you have open, unconfessed sin that you're practicing, that you, that is not under the blood, you claim to be a Christian, you claim to be a believer, but you are willfully living in unrepented sin. Now we're not, again, we're not talking about weaknesses. We're not talking about people who stumble in areas, people that have hangups. They love the Lord. They want to serve the Lord. They want to go to church. They want to be plugged into a church. They love the word of God. They love the Holy Spirit, but they struggle. They get victory for a while and then they fall into some type of a sin. Then they, they repent. They get victory for a while. Then they fall into sin. We're talking about those are sin cycles. That doesn't mean they don't love the Lord. That doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means, come on, they deal with the flesh. The Apostle Paul talked about that. I'm talking about an individual who bears the name of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, yet openly, with no remorse, practices a lifestyle of sin. That's what he's talking about here. So I am going to spare many of you judgment upon your bodies. How are you going to do that? Because we're going to give, we're, here's where we're going. We're going to go right here. So for the next moment, before we partake of the communion, I what we're going to do a self-evaluation, self-examination. Come on, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us into prayer. We're all going to partake of this today. Myself, including you, your family, whatever the case may be. All right, let's do it right now. 
All right, so set your communion elements aside, and now we're just going to get our hearts right with the Lord. I don't care how long you've been, I don't care if you've been saved a month, 70 years, 17 years, or seven days. Come on, it, it, it's, it's okay to live a lifestyle of repentance. I'm not one of these people who believe that I, can, I got saved 40 years ago, got water baptized when I was 10, but I'm living like the devil I have, I'm, not, I'm not bearing fruit and, and believe that I, everything's okay and I'm just going to slip on into the kingdom without any lifestyle that's bearing fruits worthy of repentance. That's not, I'm not that kind of preacher, guys. So if you're looking for that, this is not where you're going to find that today. I believe, come on, I believe in living a, a, like David who lived a lifestyle of repentance. He was not perfect by any means, but when he sinned, he understood that he sinned and he made it right with God and he went forward. So that's what we're going to do right now. Father, come on, let's pray right now father in the name of jesus lord as we uh as we are about to embark on commemorating and doing the lord's supper in remembrance of what you did at calvary two thousand years ago and what you suffered at the cross for us that you purchased for us at the atonement uh, through the atonement at calvary at the cross lord we come before you now lord you said that we could come boldly before the throne room of grace and obtain mercy in the time of need lord you said that if we confess our sins before you that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness lord i come before you today uh those that are listening those that are watching today come before you every husband every wife every grandfather every grandmother every aunt uncle nephew niece cousin man woman boy or girl anyone listening and representing their household today we come to you today god and we ask that the holy spirit would begin to examine our hearts father if there be any sin in in our lives, in our hearts, if there be iniquity, trespasses, or transgressions that are in our hearts that is not under the blood, we ask right now, Lord, that you would wash us in the blood of Jesus. Father, we repent. We ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of things that we've said, things that we've done, things that we've looked at, looked at, things that we've entertained, things that we've watched, things that we did have been done in secret. Lord, we repent of all all these things. We renounce these things. We ask that you give us strength to turn from these things and live a lifestyle that is worthy and, and that bears fruits worthy of repentance that we may be found unashamed at your coming. We ask that you would wash us thoroughly today by the blood of Jesus through faith of what you did at Calvary today. Lord, we ask that, Lord God, that if there anybody be watching today and they've never accepted Jesus Christ, they're away from God. They don't know God. Lord, I ask, Lord, that even right now, that as the Holy Spirit begins to work on their heart, that they would confess their sins and that they would, just like Romans 10 says, that they would confess with their mouth and believe in the heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the third day. Father, you said that if they would do this thing, then they would be saved. They would be saved, healed, delivered, and set free in Jesus' name by what you did 2,000 years ago at Calvary that Peter pointed to all the way to the prophet Isaiah. Lord, we just thank you today. We asked you, we just, we just take a second to praise you and thank you, Lord, for your cleansing power. You say, come and let us reason together. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they can be white as wool. God, we thank you today that you're able to forgive us and to cast our transgressions as far from the east 
to the west in the sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. We, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Come on, do you receive this today? Come on, if you've got your heart right with God right now, let's move on to the next part. The Bible says that they took of the body. The apostle Paul said, take of Christ was standing there with the believers. And he said, take of my, take of the bread that represents my body that was broken for you. Come on, just hold up your element, hold up your piece of bread, your cracker, whatever it is that represents the body of Christ today. I want to pray over this and pray over you today. Lord, I believe by faith that, Lord, this represent. this is not your literal body, we understand that, but it represents, it represents the body of Christ Jesus that was broken on the cross. It was broken in Rome, it was striped. It was the scourging you went through, the 39 stripes. You took all that according to the prophet Isaiah, that by your stripes, we are healed. Peter said, by your stripes, we were healed. Matthew understood by revelation that you yourself bore our sicknesses and took our infirmities. So Lord, we thank you today. And God, I believe that as we partake of this bread that represents your body by faith, I am believing God, there's nothing magical in these elements. It's by faith. It's the representation of what you did. But I believe by faith, I am believing God. I'm believing for healing in our bodies. I'm believing for physical miracles in Jesus name. Come on to be manifested even now as we do this program. If you're sick in your body, you've got ailments, weaknesses, infirmities, diseases, a prognosis, tumors, growths, uh, muscular uh, disorders, neurological disorders you've got blood diseases blood disorders you've whatever the case may be today come on i want you to step out in faith and believe that as we partake of the bread that represents come on in remembrance of what he did at calvary that by his stripes we're healed we i believe that we're going to receive healing in jesus name in our bodies come on do you believe that today so come on hold up the bread right now as we pray father i pray lord for every individual under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, as we partake of this bread in just a second, I pray that Lord, that by your, this is not my words, by your stripes, we are and were healed and you bore our sicknesses and took our infirmities. So I believe by faith that healing will be manifested in my body in Jesus name, that healing would come, that a miracle would come Lord for those that are listening, those that are watching, those that are sick and listening Lord in Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's all right. So let's partake of the bread right now. Come on, let's just begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for healing in our bodies. Come on, just let's just receive this by faith. Lord, I thank you for healing, healing of infirmities, healing of diseases, healing of all types of prognoses. Lord, things that don't make sense, things that don't add up, things that are mysteries, Lord, pains, sorrows, anguishes physical ailments in Jesus name, Lord, healing of sugar, diabetes, healing of cancers, healing of blood disorders, healing of autoimmune disorders, healing Lord God of pain and anguish, Lord, and infirmities and weakness in Jesus name, Lord, we thank you for healing. Father, I bind every form of spirit 
spirit of infirmities. Every spirit of infirmity that has tried to attach itself to you in the name of Jesus, I declare its power is broken by the name of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus. Come on, do you receive that today? Declare victory today over your family, over your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says that Christ took the wine. He took the element. He took it and he said, this represents the blood, my blood that was shed for you for the remission of your sins. Listen, I want to tell you today that if you're struggling in your, if you're struggling today, if you're struggling with addictions you're struggling with strongholds. You're struggling with addictions in the flesh uh, to, to narcotics, to substances, to cycles, to addictions, to whatever. Maybe it's hereditary. Maybe it's genetic. Maybe it runs in your for alcoholism. Come on, drug addictions, pornography, um, uh, whatever the case would be. I believe that through the blood of Jesus, we can get victory. And by us partaking in remembrance again there's nothing magical or power i know people are going to blast us in the in the comments we're already ready for that i'm already prepared for that but it's nonsense guys because they're not listening we're not saying that there's power in this in itself in the bread or in the juice or in the wine or whatever the case would be but we're talking about what it represents what it represents that's why i showed you all those scriptures so we put we've given you all the scriptures for this so I'm just, for those who have faith today, I'm believing with you that, come on, as we partake of this, that we're going to get victory. Come on, we're going to go in 2024 and get victory over bondages and addictions and cycles of sins. Come on, that we have dealt with for 2023. Maybe it's been 2022, 2020. Maybe it's been years of cycles of defeat and strongholds of, de of defeat and these addictions. Come on, how many wants to believe with me today that today is a day of victory in Jesus' name? Come on, hold up your juice or your element here, and let's drink of this. Now, let's just thank the Lord. Lord, thank you. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus that has the power to, that has the power to disarm principalities. It has the power to, to destroy addictions, cycles of sins. Lord, I thank you that it, it has the ability and the power, Lord, to give us freedom for whom the Son has set free is free indeed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you are setting people free today. Lord, there's people that are watching and listening today. They're getting free from addictions and free from free from cycles of sins, free from habits of the flesh, substance abuse, smoking cigarettes, doing drugs, drinking alcohol. Come on, lust, perversion, pornography, all of this stuff. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we declare freedom and victory in Jesus mighty name. Come on, do you receive this today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Give him some praise, praise ye the Lord and forget not all of his benefits. Hallelujah. Listen, guys, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Again, if you've not downloaded our free app, please do that today. It's on Apple and Android devices. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be right there at your fingertips. Everything's going to be there. The headlines, the podcast, everything. That's why we encourage you to get our free app. That's where you can follow us. We are, listen, it is, we, uh, uh, next Sunday is going to be January 1st. 
we here at End Time Headlines, when I say we, I'm talking about me, my family, uh, all of us who are involved with our ministry here at End Time Headlines, we are going to embark in 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is a corporate fast. That's why I've invited everyone that would want to participate. You're watching, you're listening. If you'd like to participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting, listen, we've got you covered. We got all, we're going to answer all the questions. We're going to start from the beginning and work our way up. We're going to do a whole series on fasting. We're going to talk about the introduction to it, why I do it, the difference between uh, private individual fast versus corporate fasting. What does fasting actually mean? Biblically speaking, what it's not, what it doesn't mean. We're going to cover all these things, guys. So we're going to have you covered. We would love for you to participate. Why? Why are we fasting, brother? Ricky? Why do you want to do a 21 day fast? Because guys, I believe that we there's an urgency in 2024 things that that's coming down the pike i think we, i want to start out the year right in the first fruits of the year by honoring the lord and going after him with everything we've got by consecrating ourselves through prayer and fasting listen by pushing a plate back listen some of you, you've got lost loved ones that are not saved. You've got family members that are heathens and they're on their way to hell. Uh, tell me, is it worth pushing a plate of food away just for a season to see them be saved and see them be delivered? Come on, you can't put a price tag on that. I think I can go hunt. None of us are going to die. We're not going to starve if we skip a meal. Come on, somebody. But God will honor what we do. I'm telling you, I've got, I can't wait. I'm excited about this because we, I've got some powerful testimonies uh, that we're going to share with you. It's going to build your faith. So again, yeah. okay, let me, I want to bring a correction. I just now realize this. It's, it'll be Monday, next Monday. So it's eight days from now. So scratch all that, what you just heard. Eight days from now, Monday, January 1st, next, not this coming Monday, but the following Monday will be the first day of January, and that's we're going to kick off New Year's Day, 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we're excited about this. We're looking forward to this. We'd love for you to participate. Listen, guys, real quick, if this ministry is a source of information, blessing, revelation, equipping on a week-to-week basis, we would love for you guys to pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. Um, and when you, do, when you click on there uh, where it says Donate, on the app or you go to the main website, it's going to take you to an electronic page where you can give by Venmo. You can give by PayPal. You can give by credit card. You can give by cash app. There's many ways you can give electronically, or you can give by check or money order right there on your screen. You can make it out to end time headlines. That's going to be PO box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia three zero six five five. So again, we would love for you guys to pray about becoming a monthly partner because it's through your partnership that we're able to do what we do on a week-to-week basis. So, guys, it's that time. We're going to head out. Um, again, it is New Year or Christmas Eve. Tomorrow's going to be Christmas Day. Everybody will be with their families. And then we will not be broadcasting on Monday uh, because it'll be Christmas Day. Uh, so we'll be right back here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's what we plan on doing, Lord willing. We're going to be back in the studio and do that. So again, I want it from all of us here at End Time Headlines. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And until we see you on Tuesday, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. 
We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.